Amen. Anybody have any questions from this morning's message? Stress-free living. Stress-free, taking on Jesus' yoke, learning how to balance your life. Everybody get what we're talking about this morning? What we're going to do when you get stressed? Janet didn't get it today, huh? She slapped you. She didn't get it. That quick? <laughs> you knew it was coming, huh? Remember what we said now. We normally, we normally what? When we're stressed out, we blame everybody else, huh? Oh. Oh, he, when he doesn't hear, huh? She won't, she will not show compassion, huh? <laughs> what, what, when he, when you're talking with him, he can't hear, he says, what, huh? He didn't know y'all was talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Remember, Jesus didn't get upset with the people when they didn't hear him, amen? Yeah. Stress-free, that we put too much on ourselves and therefore we put more on people than what they can bear. And as a result, we, we take things personal, get upset, get mad. And as a result, we get stressed. And Jesus said, learn from me how he lived his life, that balanced yoke that he had on with his father. And uh, did what God was leading him to do on mission for him. What, what was, we sang a song. That first song we, we were singing this morning, it said something about he had, no, he had no tears of grief for his own. The first one we sang this morning. What's that? My Savior's love. How, what is that? It said something in there about having uh, no tears for his own griefs. And we talked about those sweat drops of blood even this morning. Yes, yeah, so he had no tears for his own griefs. <clears throat> because he didn't take things personal. He was willing to lay his life down as a sacrifice for his love of the Father. And the love of the Father was to lay it down for sinners such as ourselves and even though he was pressed and said let this cup pass beyond me but not my will be done thine O lord but thy will be done because that's how jesus lived his life he lived his life dependent upon his father and when he says come unto me take my yoke and learn from me for i am meek i'm gentle and humble lowly of heart for my yoke is easy and it's light. Why? Because Jesus deferred his very rights over to his father. He deferred everything over to him. He did, wouldn't do a thing unless he had been in intimate fellowship with the father who led him to take the next step. And we saw what great responsibility that he had. I mean, he, he had the responsibility of telling cities like Capernaum and Chorazin, that, that they were going to be judged, that they would stand in a greater judgment than Sodom and Gomorrah because they rejected him 
And yet he was able to do that with compassion. He was able to do that with tenderness, with love, with gentleness. Why? Because he wasn't threatened by them. He wasn't threatened by how he appeared before people. And when we put so much on ourselves and when we get stressed, we, we even fret or threat, we're threatened even more by our response because then we try to hide our stresses. And then we get to the point where we don't care. Are you with me? Because we're not bearing, we're not learning from Christ. Our eyes have been moved on to ourselves and our own circumstances. We become weary and we become burdened with a weight. And we fail to see that balance yoke that he had on mission. And we said, rest doesn't come from rest. Rest or refreshing comes from, from what? Answering the invitation to intimacy. Come unto me. Adjoining ourselves unto the Lord and how he bared the yoke that the Father placed upon him. And learning how he operated and how he did things, the instructions that he gave, learn from me. He gives three imperatives there. Come, take, and learn. Come, answering that invitation to an intimate personal fellowship and relationship with him. Walking with him. Take, adjoining ourselves, that invitation to be intentional. We have to take upon that yoke. We have to be intentional in that. That takes trust to put on that yoke that he walked in. And then we apply that imitation of instruction. Learn from me. Meek and lowly at heart. That's, that's stress-free. Well, we looked at it. Did we ever find Jesus stressed out? Even though whole cities rejected him. Even though they were trying to plot against him and kill him. And he, was, he didn't fret over it. Didn't, it didn't, didn't get him off course. But he was balanced enough that he still had compassion for people and would continue to share. Because we, when people don't understand us, you know what we want to do? What is that phrase? We like to just uh, throw in the towel, you know. What does that mean to throw in the towel? It's a picture of a boxing match, right? That trainer on the other side sees my fella. He is just getting beat down, beat up. How many of you like watching boxing every once in a while? Anybody watch boxing? Miss Lona likes boxing. Now, Stephanie says she likes watching Rocky, you know. I like Rocky Balboa myself. That's good movies, you know. Always got a good point with them. Real boxing's boring, she said, but Balboa's fun to watch. Hey. What's that? He was never boring, huh? Good. Yeah, I was finna say that way before me instead in his time, huh? But when a, a boxing match was getting out of hand and a trainer felt like his guy was in trouble, what could he do? There was a law or rule that he could throw in the towel and call the fight. So that's enough. He's had enough. We throw in the towel often on people we work with, on our family, on our communities. On our country, you know, we throw in the towels. That's, I, I've had enough. I mean, it, it's going to, 
to hell in a handbasket. I'm, I'm throwing in the towel. I'm giving up. Oh, I'm thankful Christ never gave up. And the reason he never gave up is because he had a balanced yoke. He understood his call. Remember what we said out of Isaiah 50. We looked at that passage a hundred times over the last several years. When he says, the Lord wakeneth me, what, morning by morning. He giving me ear to hear. Giving me a mouth to speak. To have a word for the weary. He says that I was not rebellious. I gave my back to who? The smiters. They plucked out my beard. But the answer to all that is not only in the fact that the father is the one who initiated this, this yoke upon Jesus by getting him up, by speaking to him, by ministering to him. But go, go to Isaiah 50. We, we've looked at this, but I'm telling you, I think we forget it. In the re, and when we do, what happens is we find ourselves stressed out, unbalanced in the mission. Rest is never found in actual rest. It's found in answering and looking unto Jesus. And he promised to give us rest in the work. Amen? Amen. Rest in the work. He says in Isaiah 50, looking about verse number 7. Well, let's just read verse number he says, the Lord God open, has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious. That's, that's, see, I think that had he been resistant or rebellious, you know what that creates in our life. Rebellion creates tension. Rebellion creates animosity. Rebellion when we rebel, it automatically puts us in a position where we stand against. And any time you're against something, it puts you in a, a, a tense place. It puts you in a fragile place. He was never there with his father. And as a result, we find this balanced yoke in his life that, that was stress-free. Even though he had to endure what he had to endure, even though it was very challenging and very difficult, he says, I was not rebellious. Nor did I turn away from what he had shown me, who he was sending me to, what I would have to face. Matter of fact, he says, I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. He's telling us he knew he was going to have to go through this because of the intimacy that he had with the Father. But he was yoked to the Father on this mission, on this purpose that he had. Verse 7 says... For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint, like a, like a stone. I have determined, I have an utter determination that no matter what, I will fulfill what the Father asked me to do because I know I won't be disgraced by him and I know that I will not be ashamed amen you see that is that that's that that balanced yoke that jesus says come unto me take upon this same way of living and learn from me and when you learn from me how i lived and why i live the way that i do you will find that you too will become more 
meek, more gentle, and more humble. And you won't find yourselves in a place where you, you're abrasive and lash out at people because you understand you, you've been put on this earth to serve people, minister to people. And you've been put on this earth to serve and minister to people who are not always going to value your service unto them. They're not always going to appreciate what you do. They're not always going to commend you on what you're doing. They're not always going to brag on you and pat you on the back. Matter of fact, there's going to be many times you go utterly, completely unnoticed in what you're doing. And that's okay. When you have the right yoke on and you know who you are yoked with and why you're doing what you're doing, it's quite okay. You can be content in where you are. That's what, when Paul teaches, I've learned that I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me because he's brought me in low places. He's taken me to high places. He's given me much and taken much from me. He, I, I've been in every place and I've learned in every place that being yoked to him, being yoked to him and how he lived his life, even though I have thorns in my flesh, even though he's given me messengers of Satan to keep me humble, his grace is sufficient for me. And I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can be content. I can be courageous. I can be confident and I don't have to be threatened by people that don't like me, don't understand me, and don't want to follow me. I'm okay. Because I know who sent me to do what I'm doing. And it's not that I throw in the towel on people. Matter of fact, I'm willing to lay my life down for people because I've learned from the Master who's taught me how to be yoked to Him. Amen? That's, that's, that's a simple, single-minded way of living that keeps us balanced in the mission of proclaiming a truth that's able to set people free and balancing a ministry to serve people, people that do love us and that will go beyond measure to serve us but also to help people who really doesn't want our help or don't understand us. I can be, I can be free in that. And then that confidence and that contentment and that courageous spirit has a way of affecting other people around me even when, when I'm put in hard situations and difficult things because I understand a greater a greater mission or a greater call. My life is not dependent upon how people respond to me. It depends on my intimacy with my Father and walking with Him. Amen? And then I don't treat things lightly either. That's the balance of this yoke. Because you can get to a place where you just treat things or treat people with, with, with low disregard. You take it lightly. You take it too lightly. That you get off course and you, you start doing things contrary to what the mission is you see jesus stayed on course and stayed on mission to lay his life down for people to reach people to heal people to set people free 
And even though things come against him, he never got off course from, from doing that. He was never at that place where he just threw in the towel and said, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do because nobody wants to follow me. And um, God's going to take care of all that anyway, so I'm just going to leave it alone and, and I'm going to do my own thing. See, that's the balance side of it. He stayed the course. And praise God he did. Amen. He stayed the course. As a result thereof, we get to celebrate today together. Sing songs about a redeemer. Open up a word and learn about how he lived his life and the invitation to live uh, this, this stress-free living. And, and I know you find yourself at times where you do become very stressful. And everybody deals with it a little bit differently. Some people take it out on those that are closest to them. Other people take it out on those that they work with. Some people bottle it up and hold it up and don't ever say anything, but they, they, they don't lash out against people, but they, they beat themselves to death. And they, they, they just constantly ragging and harping upon themselves and where they are. That's not stress-free living. And I want to tell you, God's come to put us through some things, but as we learned with the Apostle Paul this morning, Remember what he said? He said, we was in Asia. We don't want you to be ignorant, but we were so pressed with so much weight upon us that we were pressed beyond measure to the point that we even despaired of life. But when we had a sentence of death in ourselves that we wouldn't trust in ourselves, God came through and he delivered us. And we believe that, that he is delivering and that he will deliver us because he's taught us a lesson how to live stress-free. Even though he puts much on us, we can bear that yoke that he gives us by learning how to die to ourselves and not make this about us. Amen? That's what he, what he helps us with, to teach us, because God puts us in difficult things to shape us and mold us. But all that is used to give us rest in the midst of it, a refreshment in the midst of it. The word rest there in Matthew 11 speaks of a refreshing it speaks of being refreshed that rest is a refreshing of the soul it refreshes the soul and a lot of times we get to the place because we are so unbalanced in our daily lives uh, that we put stress on ourselves for being unbalanced rather than answering the invitation of intimacy to come to him we try to figure this out on our own and we just keep getting out of whack and we just keep flip-flopping and, and we're like a fish out of water that's just begging and looking for a place to get in to be able to breathe and and many operate in that way and they just keep beating themselves up rather than understanding seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness making that the priority pursuing him knowing that he's not going to let you, you're not going to be disgraced. You're not going to be ashamed. You can follow him. Even in situations that doesn't make sense to you, you can follow him. And he'll bless and use that in a mighty way. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, look, we, we not have been um, doing things on Wednesday nights because of our, our choir practicing for our musical. Is there any questions you might want to ask before we... Um, lead tonight on what you've been reading in Matthew or anywhere else you've been reading, something you want to discuss, something you want to share, something you want to give away that you can bless somebody else because there's been a bunch we've been reading, a lot 
It's, it's, uh, there's a lot there. And I want to tell you, if you're not careful, you'll stress yourself out uh, in the Word, trying to figure it all out. And, and because you don't seem like you got it, you just put added weight on you. There's nothing wrong with seeking the Lord and asking God to show you and believe that He's able to show you when He's ready to show you. Amen? You just keep seeking, but don't let it stress you out if you can't figure it out. Mm-hmm. Read it. Yeah, read it, read it. That's right. Right. You see, that's that balanced yoke. That's what he just taught us in Matthew. Now he's unveiling how all that comes together. And I'm glad you pointed it out because as I was reading it this morning myself, I was hoping out of the message that would even be, not that I would teach on it, but that it would be seen as you read through Matthew 12 to say, look, here it is perfectly illustrated in his life that you don't find him causing a scene in the streets because people wouldn't listen to him. He didn't pout, whine, and cry. That was He understood that men did not see him outside of a part of a supernatural work of God. And as Matthew 11, we, we even previous to 28, 26, and 27, talks about that. Jesus said, no man knows the Father except the Son. No one knows the Son except the Father and to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. You see, that's a great responsibility that was laid upon the shoulders of Jesus. But he, he wasn't in anxiety over it because he, he understood that mission. And therefore, we see in 12 the same thing. And as we grow in grace in Christ's likeness, those same things will be applied uh, in our lives as well. Because in all of us, you know, we all want to be heard. You know, uh, we want, Janet wanted to be heard today. She was talking, and Greg interrupted, wasn't paying attention. We all want to be heard at times. When I teach, I want to be heard. Stephanie wants me to give her attention when she talks to me. When I'm blowing a turkey call and she's trying to talk to me, she don't always like that. She don't think I can hear her and blow a turkey call at the same time. And I can but she don't want me to blow a turkey call. She wants me to talk to her. She wants me, yeah. And she'll stomp her feet and get mad and all that. No, she don't. But you see, it can happen. Right? You're not listening to me. Are you listening to me? Or are you in a conversation and they're talking and you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're talking and you and you... You pondering on what to say or how to say, or you might have something that you want to say, but you know if you said that, that's probably not the best thing to say. So you're taking that captive, but they demand you say something. Are you with me? If you're not careful, you know, Jesus, he only spoke as the Father led him. That, that's what we want to really learn is why did he do what he did? How did he do it? When did he do it? And every question we ask will always lead us back to the Father. And that's the neat thing about his life. It all leads back to him. And that's really what ought to be more and more about us is that when people say, well, why did he do that? What is he doing? How, is he, how did he do it? It ought to all be traced back to what God's leading us to do. Amen? Even when other people actually cannot fathom that God would even lead you to do that. 
I, we can be content. Why? Because we know what we did. I'm not threatened by them. Their actions doesn't threaten me. They don't threaten God. And if he's led me, they're not going to threaten me either. It's when they do threaten me and I put more stuff on myself and on them that I become stressed in that. I lose that balance of that yoke. Good point. Anybody else? Some wonderful loaded passages all through that. Matthew 10 is a powerhouse of, is, uh, of just showing authentic disciples all the way through it. It's showing these disciples for whom Jesus called to himself, chose to be his very own, then he commissions them to go. Remember he said in the close of Matthew 10, for the laborers are few. Pray for the Lord of the harvest to thrust out laborers. Then he calls his disciples to himself, commissions them, gives them a message to, to go on mission for him. And see, when we read that, that's the kind of things that we want to start when, we, when we're in conversation with people in our daily lives and we're dealing with folks, we want to look for some of these, these, these markers that we find in the Scriptures. I mean, here are his disciples, and Jesus always sends his disciples on mission for him. They have a mission from him. They'd never just in, in la-la land. He gives them instruction. Mm -hmm. There's certain ways, yes. You've got to be connected to him. That's right. You have to rest in him. And, and you see that. So he, we understand that as disciples, that's part of the marker. We are entering into a hostile environment. Disciples are in a host, hostile place. But that hostile place doesn't actually determine uh, my spirit or how I respond. Or when I'm yoked to him, I can still be gentle and still be humble and lowly at heart. And, and a lot of times we're not. A lot of times we lash out and have difficulty. We all do. But that's part of God showing us who we are and where we are that we're missing this idea of being yoked to him. Uh, he, he talks about that they're going to be rejected by their own family, right? People are not going to understand them. He says that the Spirit's going to bear witness with them, that don't, be, don't, don't necessarily have this mock saying that you're going to use over and over again. Be dependent upon the, on the Lord because the Spirit will speak for you in that day. You see how they receive and are willing to forsake all other people that, that, that are... That are contrary to the to the real will of God. They can they can put Christ center and first, even when other people that they love and are dear to don't. Not that they neglect them, but they understand they have an obligation and a duty to follow the leadership of the Lord. And because Mama wants them to do this or that, or Daddy thinks they ought to do this or that, or they shouldn't be involved in this and that, they understand God's led me to do what I'm doing, and I, I thank you, you care for me. And desire for me, uh, you you doing what you know best for me. But I, I've got to do what I got to do because Christ has led me to do this. And they're willing to do that, even if it costs them a relationship with somebody else. That's markers of disciples. They also what encourage other 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 disciples.
brothers. They received the brethren, those that are doing the work of the Lord. They, they thrilled about that. You see all those things in Matthew 10. They just lay out about 10 distinct, clear markers of a true disciple of Jesus. And when we're, we're in conversation, Bill, you and I, we come across a lot of people. And a lot of times the people tell you, yeah, I know Jesus, but they're not one single iota of a marker of anything mentioned in that Matthew 10 that, that bears witness over their life. And we just don't want to take what they say. We want to learn how we can help people like that and that they can, they can see Jesus. But I, I, I want to be balanced in that because they may not understand me. And they may not see it, and they can only see it when God supernaturally unveils and opens it to them. So I'm going to be dependent on him. Amen? Therefore, I can be balanced and not, not be stressed out over it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's good. Because some, sometimes we want to determine in people's lives or a church where are these people, are these people uh, peaceful or they're troublemakers. Because the average person, when you read that, you would think that, or people in those societies would think that these disciples were troublemakers. All they did was stir up trouble. Everywhere Peter and Paul went, they stirred up trouble. But all they were doing was bringing a message that brought conflict to the people who heard it, and they didn't like what they were hearing. And it didn't bring peace. It could be. It could bring peace. But because they were hostile to the message, it brought a sword, conflict. Right. So that, that's good when he says, don't let anybody. He said, don't let anybody put it in your mind. Don't let anybody make you think any differently. My people... Because of me, when they go into places, they're not always going to enter in to bring, bring peace to that place. Some people will respond to the message, and they'll, they'll be reconciled and be at peace with the Lord. God's people are peacemakers. They're not going to create trouble. It's the message itself that creates the conflict and the trouble. And sometimes there's conflict or trouble that comes out of that, and we've got to recognize it. Part of that yoke, learning from him. Being balanced. Amen? Right. Now, the problem is, though, a lot of times they tell you, I don't have a problem with God. I just got a problem with his people. That, that's our society right there. Oh, I love I loved Jesus. Well, the, the Jesus that they've created in their own mind, they do. I just have a problem with God's people. I mean, that's, that's the, the census. The Scripture says the fool rages in his heart against the Lord. That's how he does it. I, I don't have a problem. I, I, God, me and God are cool, you know. I'm all right. He and I are all right. It's just them people down at Briggs Chapel. <laughs> I don't, you know. And, and, and I guarantee you down this road right here, right here, there's people who says, look, I love Jesus. I like God. Uh, now those folks down in Briggs Chapel, I, I don't know. They're, they're different. I don't. I don't. Uh, they got their own way of doing things. It's the way they think. But that's common. That's all over. That's not just here. That's anywhere. That God hates sin. Yeah. That's right. And a death stinks. It stinks. And oftentimes, you stink in, to, in the nostrils of people. Just part of it. Doesn't matter how good you smell. Doesn't matter how pretty you are, how sweet you are, how nice you are. You stink. 
and they really don't want anything to do with you. They'll bear with you until you put too much pressure on them, and then they'll let you know that you stink. I don't want nothing to do with it. You can do it if that's for you, but it's not for me. I got my own thing going. That, that's all part of it. We don't have to take offense to that. We can still love them, lay our life down, and still help them. And thank, thank the Lord that he's allowed you to see what he's shown you and pray that he'll open their eyes to you. Amen? And God help. That's right. But to everyone that believes, as, as Stephanie pointed out, First Peter chapter 2, verse 7 and 8, everyone that believes, everyone that believes is precious to them. He is precious. He is the stone for which they build their lives around. He is that chief cornerstone that God has chosen, elect, and made to build our lives around, to be attached to, to build upon, to say that is the perfect stone I want to build my life upon. He's precious, every believer. But to the unbeliever, they see, they reject that, that there's other ways, there's other stones, there's a better way. And I... I understand you have your way. I understand that. And Jesus, that's cool. Yeah, it's all right. But they don't build their life upon the rock of Christ. Only believers do that because he's precious, priceless. Nothing else compares. Amen? Amen. And that, that separates the sheep from the goats. It really does. And, and it helps us see. You know, it helps us see the difference. He is precious to those that believe. Amen? Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless you. We love you. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for helping us. We pray that you'll keep us balanced, that we would bear this yoke that you have called us to bear, that you have called us to be intentional to put on ourselves the yoke that you wore that balanced your life we want to learn how to be meek and mild and we want to learn how to be effective for the king and learn how to take rejection and being misunderstood we want to learn to do it with a balanced life to be stress-free help us lord in the work Find refreshing from you. In Jesus' name, amen.